straight through the gospel of Mark and you will discover something that is unique in all literature read through the gospel of Mark and you know there's 16 chapters in Mark's gospel and yet 12 of the 16 begin with the word and now that is quite unusual because read any book of human authorship and you will find that no chapter will begin with the word and and we know is a conjunction linking together two parts of speech and so in Mark's gospel reading about the service and ministry of the Lord Jesus the word and shows that our service that the Saviour's service was continual let's just look in Mark chapter 2 <coughs> Mark 2 beginning of a chapter and again he entered into Capernaum Mark chapter 3 and he entered again into the synagogue Mark chapter 4 and he began again to teach by the seaside Mark chapter 5 and they came over onto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes you can follow that reading through 12 of the 16 chapters begin with the word and this speaks to us of the ceaseless activity the tireless activity of our Lord and Saviour he went from one place to another ministering in one place and then going on and ministering somewhere else and and it shows how the dear saviour was instant in season and out of season it reveals that he never grew weary and well doing for we read in Acts 10 he went about doing good now you might say why have I pointed this out we're dealing with Paul but here we are looking at the gospel of Mark why have I pointed this out with regard to the earthly the public ministry of the Lord Jesus well because it appears that the apostle Paul with Barnabas lived his life and how he served the Lord as a missionary in the same way that Christ served his heavenly father and the church during his public ministry for when you look closely at this portion of scripture we have read tonight we see that Paul had the word and in his life and service 
verse 21 when they had preached the gospel to that city it was the first and verse 23 and when they had ordained them elders verse 24 and after they had passed through Pisidia they came to Pamphylia verse 25 and when they had preached the word in Perga verse 27 and when they were come and had gathered the church together there in Antioch so you see that Paul had the word and in his life like the Lord Jesus he like Christ went about doing good and would this not encourage us to have the word and in our lives also always busy for the Lord always doing something for the Lord for I have only one life on this earth one life and this vapor is passing away I must labor for treasures of work or toil ends at the close of the day only one life to give or subject for tonight only one life to give I could not withhold it from God only one life to live I must not miss it. <coughs> the well done of God what life are you spending you laying up treasure in heaven are we spending our lives well certainly that's how Paul lived his life like that of his master just as he said Paul said for to me to live is Christ that's all Paul lived for from the moment he was converted on the road to Damascus that's all Paul lived for Lord he said what will thou have me to do and from that moment from today that, until the day the Lord took him home he lived for Christ there was many an end in the life of Paul only one life to give and certainly Paul gave it to the Lord first of all let us see the stoning of Paul you recall how the people of Lystra wanted to deify Paul and Barnabas that is they wanted to make them gods and offer sacrifices unto them verse 12 <coughs> and verse 13 and they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker then the priest of Jupiter which was before their city brought oxen and garlands unto the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people 
They were going to sacrifice and worship Paul and Barnabas as gods. When the two missionaries discovered what was going on, they of course would have none of it. And Paul told them, Paul rebuked them and told them, in other words, or in as many words, this is why we're here. We're here to preach the gospel and to tell you to turn from these vanities of worshipping false gods. Vanities, remember last week we pointed out the word vanity means emptiness, nothing. And there they had a, re a religion of nothingness. And Paul rebuked them. You find that Paul then and Barnabas suffered as a result of taking a strong, faithful stand for the Lord. We notice the anger. Look there at the anger. Jews from Iconium, from as far as Pisidia and Antioch, that's more than a hundred miles away. <coughs> Again, if you have little, a little map, we go. You can see the place names, the cities, and follow Paul and Barnabas. And where they went to, you see there where the Jews came from, from Iconium, and from as far as Pisidian, Antioch. That is, as I said, more than a hundred miles away. And they arrived determined to get rid of this man, Paul, once and for all. Verse 18. And with these saying, scarce restrained they, the people, that they had not done sacrifice unto them. And there came hither certain Jews from Antioch, Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul. There's the anger. They were angry with Paul and Barnabas. Why? Because they had told them the truth and said, What you're do doing is lying vanities. We are not gods. We're the servants of the one true God here to tell you the truth of course such persecution is no new thing not at all the Lord Jesus of course who is the truth suffered such persecution Luke chapter 22 back to Luke 22 and there we find in Luke 22 and verse 2 what were they prepared to do to the Saviour Luke 22 verse 2 and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him remember he's the truth and he preached the truth the Lord said I am the way the truth and they sought how they might kill him John chapter 5 same thing there in John 5 we read in verse 18 therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him 
because he not only had broken the Sabbath but said also that God was his father making himself equal with God well that's the truth but what did they set out to do in their anger set out to kill him same as the apostle Paul is that something that God's people who take a stand for the Lord and live for the Lord can expect no new thing listen to this it is enough for the disciple that he be as his master so if you want to be like Christ this is what happens to be as his master and the servant as his lord if they have called the master of the house Beelzebub Beelzebub means lord of the flies remember in studying to get the academic qualifications to enter theological hall it was one of the books we had to study for literature it was a book called Lord of the Flies and I discovered that Beelzebub made Lord of the Flies and that's what they called the Lord Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies how much more shall they call them of his household and so here's the Savior and he says it is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord for if they call the master of the house Beelzebub how, what, what, how much more will they call his servants that's what you expect when you live for the Lord that's what you expect when you seek to serve the Lord you have your enemies and they get angry they're angry they were angry with Paul as well as the anger we notice the attack <coughs> the anger of the Gentiles was stirred up by the Jews led to the stoning of Paul the influence of the Jews is seen in the stoning why? because that was their way of executing a criminal the infuriated mob began to hurl stones at this man of God for a short time before remember a short time before they were ready to worship and the same crowd that were ready to worship Christ or sorry worship Paul are the same ones now that set themselves the task of stoning him to death they executed the same judgment as we know upon Stephen first Christian martyr they stoned him to death and isn't it interesting Paul or Saul of Tarsus as he was then played his part in the stoning of Stephen now he's being stoned as the Lord said that he would show Paul the great things that he must suffer for his name's sake and of course the dear saviour 
was threatened with stoning also. John 8 verse 59 Then took they up stones to cast at him but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by. You know you look at that verse those words so that shows the grace of the Lord the Jews took up stones to cast at him they wanted to kill him yet the Lord Jesus we're told hid himself the Lord didn't need to hide himself the Lord could have smitten them there immediately with judgment he could have caused the earth <coughs> to open up and swallow them but he didn't do that he went his way after hiding himself out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by but for Paul there was no hiding place and having stoned Paul drew him out of the city supposing he had them dead when you remark something there <coughs> they drew him out of the city that word drew out word means to drag so it wasn't as if after that stone the Lord they gathered him up and carried him outside the city no they got a hold of him maybe by the shoulders and they are and they dragged him out of the city that was the treatment that was meted out to those who were treated with the utmost contempt turn please to Jeremiah chapter 22 Jeremiah 22 look there in verse 18 <clears throat> therefore thus saith the Lord concerning Jehoiakim the son of Josiah king of Judah they shall not lament for him saying ah my brother or ah sister they shall not lament for him saying Ah, Lord, or ah, his glory. Look at verse 19. He shall be buried with the burial of an ass, drawn, dragged, and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. That was the treatment that was made of life to Paul. You see, what was the burial of an ass? What was the burial of a donkey? Well, it was dragged out into an open space. There wasn't a hole dug for it. It was left on the surface of the ground for the vultures and the wild dogs to come and devour. 
that was called the burial of an ass that was the judgment that the Jews meted out to Paul they gave him the burial of an ass that shows you the contempt they had for this man of God they dragged him out just as they would have dragged out that donkey out into an open space and let him lie there on the surface of the ground that was the intention of the Jews to let Paul lie there and be exposed to the elements and to the vultures and to the wild dogs that was their intention such was their hatred for Paul and their hatred for the truth they were prepared to meet out to Paul the burial of an ass drag him out like a lump of garbage and let him lie there and let the vultures and the wild dogs devour him that was their intention such was the cruel treatment it was meted out to a man simply because he preached the truth you have the anger and you have the attack then you have his arising we are told having stoned Paul drew him out of the city supposing he had been dead the word supposing is a word that means convinced so that tells us something about the stoning they've thrown so many stones at Paul and probably knocked him unconscious that they were convinced he was dead that's why they dragged him out not carrying dragged him out left him there as was said for the vultures and the wild animals to devour the same word suppose is used of Mary and Joseph when they were at the temple for the Passover with the Christ child when he was 12 years of age remember Luke 2 verse 44 and they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey without him Suppose, in other words they were convinced the Lord was in the company that's why we do not read of them looking for him until after the day's journey why because they were convinced he was there and so the Jews and the Gentiles here were convinced that Paul was dead that's why they dragged him out how Paul was dead they were convinced Paul was dead we read in verse 20 how being as the disciples stood round about him he rose up and came into the city and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe you notice again in your map just follow Paul's footsteps in the map 
came to Derby. Paul rose up. It's the same word. It is the same word that is used in regarding the miraculous healing of the lame man here in Acts 14. Verse 10. <coughs> said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. Stand upright. Same word. In other words, Paul stood upright. He rose up. It was almost like a resurrection. I don't believe Paul was dead. No. I certainly believe that such a stoning, he was badly injured and knocked unconscious. But then we're told, with the disciples standing around him, we're told he rose up. That was still a miracle. That would still have been a miracle. No, I don't believe he was dead. But unconscious. Badly beaten, badly bruised with the stoning. But it was an, uh, surely an, a miracle that after suffering such a stoning, he was able to rise up and stand on his feet. And, listen, the next day, travel to Derby the very next day that could not be done under normal circumstances the Lord wrought a miracle of healing in Paul's life then for he rose up and the very next day the very next day he went to Derby I believe 15 to 20 miles and there's no public transport. You think of it. Having been stoned the way he had been the day before, he was able to walk 20 miles. That surely was a miracle of the Lord's healing. Paul certainly proved the truth of the words of the psalmist. The psalmist said, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered them out of them all. The Lord delivereth them out of them all. Psalm 34 verse 19. It's a great book this isn't it? The Bible. You learn so many things. We learn so much about Paul. Just in those few verses. So we have considered the stoning of Paul next we notice the service of Paul there's a saying I'm sure you've heard it before it's hard to keep a good man down well Paul was that good man and by the grace of God he was able to keep going continue to serve the Lord and we see in the next day after the stoning Paul and Barnabas made their way to Derby again just look at the map and you'll see where Derby is 
first of all we see his message look at Paul's message they had no sooner arrived in Derby than they were found delivering God's message to the people there <laughs> verse 20 how then as the disciples stood about him he rose up and came into the city and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby and when they had preached the gospel in that city oh you have to admire this man stoned the day before travels 15-20 miles the next, the next day and he's no sooner in the city and he starts to preach the word starts to preach the gospel what does this tell us regarding his message it tells us he had a burden to preach the gospel that's evident think of it the stoning he suffered didn't dampen his zeal or made him afraid to preach the word instead everywhere he went on this missionary journey didn't matter where he was what town, village or city he entered he did the same thing he preached the gospel look verse 7 and there they preached the gospel verse 21 and when they had preached the gospel verse 25 and when they had preached the word in Perga everywhere he went it was the same he brought the gospel with him he brought as it were he brought Christ with him and presented him to the people oh what a lesson this is for us all that wherever we go may we bring Christ with us that the people as we said this morning that they would see Christ in us and be attracted to the Lord Jesus by our Christian witness. They may not preach as Paul did, but our lives can preach for us. Our lives can preach for Christ. Well, that's what happened to Paul. He had a burden to make Christ known wherever he went whatever city entered and he preached the gospel unto them of course Christ is the gospel in a burden for poor lost souls and however much he was persecuted he still preached bless the Lord he still preached and preached the gospel as he himself said Philippians 4 verse 13 I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me and he sought and received that strength from the Lord as he went about from city to city <coughs> preached the word look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 1 Thessalonians 2 verses 1 and 2 For you yourselves brethren know 
our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before, and were shamefully entreated, as ye know at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. Not a lovely verse. And even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated as ye know at Philippi. He's a Thessalonica man. But he was shamefully entreated at Philippi. We were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much content. In other words, as far as Paul was concerned, it didn't matter what he had suffered at Philippi. He came to Thessalonica and he was just as bold to preach the word. See, he had a burden. He had a burden to preach the gospel. Regarding his message, we not only see the burden to preach, we see the blessing upon his preaching. Evidently souls were saved there in Derby. How do we know? Verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many. That simply tells us that when he preached the gospel there with Barnabas, souls were saved. And those souls, Paul and Barnabas, taught. He taught the new converts. The word, preach the gospel, comes from one Greek word which means to evangelize. Evangelize. So Paul was an evangelist. Yes, he was a missionary. He was an evangelist because as a missionary, wherever he went, he preached the gospel. He sought to win souls for Christ. He evangelized. As we read in 2 Timothy 4 and 5, Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Believer, let us all do the work of an evangelist. Spread the gospel news. Sow the good seed of the gospel. So Paul and Barnabas were evangelists. But notice, before they departed Derby, we're told Paul taught many. That is, he taught the new converts that had been saved under his and Barnabas' preaching. There were new converts. Was he just going to leave them? No. He stayed in Derby that he might build them up through the preaching of the word he taught them that word taught <coughs> he taught many the word taught is a word that means disciple disciple 
And we know what a disciple is. Follower of Christ. And here's Paul. Souls were saved and Derby. And he taught them to be good disciples of Christ. So often. When evangelists are booked. To conduct a gospel mission. However long they, they preach. Well when the mission's over. They leave and they're gone to somewhere else. Paul didn't do that. Paul stayed in Derby and he taught the new converts. He discipled them. He wanted them to be good, faithful followers of the Lord Jesus. Indeed, that's what the Lord told his disciples to do. The disciples he had chosen, that's what he told them. Mark 16 verse 15 Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Evangelize. And Mark Matthew 28 verse 20 Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Teaching them. It's the word disciples. <coughs> so Paul and Barnabas were doing exactly what the Lord had told his disciples. Evangelize and then disciple the new converts. Teach them. Teach them. And how new converts need to be taught. There will be little or no spiritual growth in the life of a new convert. And that new convert does not receive teaching from God's word. They need to be discipled. The things of God show how to be good disciples of the Lord Jesus. We have his message and then his ministry. From Derby, Paul and Barnabas turned around and went back to those cities they had already visited. Again, your map will show you. <coughs> this they did in order to do some follow-up work with their converts. There in those cities, verse 21 and 22, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. Your map will show you that. And back up again. And verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. That first of all tells us about Paul's thoughts. His thoughts. You say, what do you mean? What I mean is, Paul had, the, had those new converts in his mind. He was thinking about them. That's why he went back up that way. There would have been a shorter way back to Antioch in Syria. They didn't do that, take that route. He went back up again to where he had been before that he might minister to the new converts. 
He was thinking about them. That's who Paul is. That's what he, that's who he was. He returned confirming the souls of the disciples. He was thinking about them. As well as his thoughts, you have his teaching. Confirming the souls of the disciples. The word confirming is a word that means strengthening. So you can see what Paul's business was. He went back to deal with new converts to help strengthen them and strengthen them in the faith. Acts 18. Verse 23. And after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. The same word. Strengthening as confirming. It's the same word. So you see that is Paul's business. Strengthening the believers. And what is it that helps to make a believer strong in the faith? Teaching of God's word. It's the knowledge of God's word. For if we do listen, if we do not have a firm grasp of God's truth, you know what will happen? We'll be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Ephesians 4.14 Have you ever come across something like that? Something to do with a particular church perhaps or some kind of an evangelist or some religious leader and you've listened to what they've said and you've said to yourself I don't, I don't think that's right. I don't believe that. Why are you able to say that? Because you know the word. You'll not be taken in by the cunning craftiness of men not to toss to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You need to be stable and strengthened and strong in the things of God. That's what we are to do. Isn't that what Paul taught us about the Christian armor in our study? <coughs> they need to have a good strong grasp <coughs> of the sword of the spirit. Why? Have a strong grasp of the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. False teaching of today. That's the wiles of the devil. To lead away many from the truth. And so this explanation about tribulation. Paul mentions tribulation there. We must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom. So we have his thoughts. He went back up to teach them. His teaching 
And then you have the trials. In other words, Paul was telling them, you'll have trials. Everything and up a hunky dory. As Christians, you're going to have trials, especially if you stand up for the Lord and you live for the Lord. You'll have trials. We must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom. And this explanation about tribulation is related to the exhortation about continuing in the faith. Going on with God. You go on with God. Paul is saying you'll have your trials and your tribulations. Paul told Timothy. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Notice what he said. All that live godly. Don't live a godly life that there's no persecution because you just fit in with the world. But if you live godly in Christ Jesus you'll suffer persecution. Again, Psalm 34, verse 19. We already quoted that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Many are the afflictions of who? The righteous. <coughs> so we might say, it's not an easy road. We are traveling to heaven. For many are the thorns on the way. It's not an easy road, but the Savior is with us. His presence gives us joy every day. No. No, it's not an easy road. No, no, it's not an easy road. But Jesus walks beside me and brightens the journey. Enlightens every heavy load. You have the, the, the message, the ministry, and the man. Let's go over this quickly. The man, verse 23. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. Elders on whom they believed. So they were believers. You don't have an unbelieving man as an elder. The word elder is the word that we get Presbyterian from. Maybe there were free Presbyterians there in those churches. But he established the churches by seeing elders ordained. Notice, he didn't see elders ordained when he was there first. He went to Derby, then returned and ordained the elders. That's important. He didn't make elders out of those new converts. But he gave them time to see how they would grow in grace, how they would progress. Because Paul, again, he told Timothy, lay hands on no man suddenly. Elders, of course, we know, have the spiritual oversight of the church. Deacons, he will material matters. Elders, spiritual matters. Again, Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 5, 17, Let the elders 
that rule well be counted worthy of double honour especially they who labour in the word and doctrine that's the preacher that's the minister he's part of the church session especially they that labour in the word and doctrine Paul encouraged them all you'll notice by prayers and fasting commending them all to the Lord finally and quickly as well as the stoning of Paul and the service of Paul you have the success of Paul Paul and Barnabas now make their way back to Antioch where they've started out as missionaries notice there in your map Antioch and Syria where they've been sent forth by the Lord made their way all the way back there and returning to Antioch he gathered the church together there and told them of his journeys you notice there his report his report verses 25 and 26 when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down into Italia and thence sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles met with the congregation and we're told he rehearsed all that had happened so there you have first of all his report gathering all the church and Antioch together people, Peter, sorry Paul reported to the church what God had done of them notice something neither Paul nor Barnabas told the congregation what they had done they told the congregation what God had done no they didn't blow their own trumpets with regard to their success they gave all the glory to the Lord as the Saviour said John 15 verse 5 I am the vine ye are the branches he that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit listen for without me he can do nothing <coughs> through Paul's report he was acknowledging that all that God had done with them but notice something else it's amazing how one word can say so much what did Paul tell them and when they were come and had gathered the church together they rehearsed all that God had done for them? No. By them? No. All that God had done with them. With them. It was as if Paul and Barnabas were instruments in the hand of God. And this is what he did with those instruments. It's what he did with them. 
what God had done with them. Instruments in God's hand. You see what God did with them. <coughs> did that not prompt us then? To say, Lord, I have only one life to give. Lord, in this life, do something with me. Do something with me. Use me to spread the word and to bring glory to life here. Only one life to give. And Paul gave it. Pray the Lord will bless the word to our hearts. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our dear Lord, we thank thee for men like Paul and Barnabas. We see, Lord, the man that you did, that thou didst make of Paul. What an instrument he was in thy hand. And what thou didst do with him. How thou did use him. O oh Lord, use us. We've only one life. Send me past. Only was done for Jesus. Last. Thank you, Lord, for being with us today. Bless us now as we make our way home. Keep us safe on the highway. Bring us home in safety. Be with us, Lord, throughout this week. Keep us safe and healthy and well. And again, Lord, remember those for whom we have been praying. Bless them, Lord, with good health. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, their abiding portion now. We pray in the Saviour's name. Amen. <coughs>